Sapphire. Chapter 1. They arrived outside the bus depot just shy of 7.45am. The car was battered by the onslaught of heavy rain. Dad glanced through the windshield, up at the overcast sky. Just an awful day. It's horrendous, Natasha agreed. You can wait in here until your bus arrives if you like. That's okay, I can hide in the centre. You sure? 100%. Okay, sweetheart. Have a nice weekend, and make sure to stay safe, do you hear me? Dad, I'm going to Bern, not Amsterdam. Sometimes the worst things happen in the places we think we're safe. If you say so, just don't drink too much, okay? Okay. And if you have to go to the toilet, tell my friends to mind my drink. I know. And don't walk those streets alone. Burn isn't like Figley. Make sure you all stay in a group. Natasha rolled her eyes. You'd have thought she was on her way to her first primary school sleepover. She was 19 years old. More or less a grown woman. Okay, so she still lived with her parents. But given the state the economy was in, that was becoming more socially acceptable. Hell, she even paid a portion of the rent, so the house was practically part hers anyway. I don't mean to nag, I just worry. I know. She kissed his cheek. I love you, even if you are a crazy old man. I love you too, and 57 is not old. I'm just coming into my prime. Any day now. She exited the car before he could think of a clever comeback. After she retrieved her backpack from the boot, her dad beeped, then drove off. When she went around the corner, she tried to push the door open to the centre, but it remained closed. That's when she noticed the sign, telling her the building didn't open until 9. That was slightly irritating, considering the buses ran from 6am and it was very cold and wet, but there was little to be done. Nothing good ever came from complaining. Having worked in customer service for the better part of two years, Natasha knew that for a fact, so she hunkered beneath the shelter with everyone else. The chill caused goosebumps to appear on her arms and legs. She had a raincoat in her bag, but removing that would also mean having to take out her shampoo, toothbrush, makeup and deodorant, among other personal items, before having to meticulously place them all back inside. Why was she always so desperate to prove her independence? She should have just waited in the car with her dad. At least the bus would arrive soon. When she next glanced at her phone and saw it was 7.55am, she began to worry. It would not be entirely out of character for Fiona to arrive late and cause them to miss the first bus. Then they'd have to wait another hour out in the cold for the next one. But just as it rolled on to 7.58am, Natasha's doubts were erased by the sight of the silver Mercedes. She approached the car just in time to see her friend hop out of the passenger side. Fiona's normally fabulous curly blonde hair was tamed beneath a striped woolen beanie. What time do you call this? Natasha tapped the imaginary watch on her wrist. I thought you were going to be late. That's my style. Always fashionably late. You'd cause me a lot less stress if you were a bit more unfashionable. Fiona laughed and rounded onto the boot. From it, she hauled out a large suitcase, a canvas bag, and a handbag large enough to house a golden retriever puppy. If one were to guess, based on their luggage, they could be forgiven for assuming the pair were going to Amsterdam and staying for a week, rather than a day and a half in Bern. Have a good weekend, you two, Fiona's mum said. Thank you, they said in unison. After she drove off, they made it to the space beneath the shelter and waited with the other prospective travellers. Soon, 
Fiona was rubbing her arms and shivering, while Natasha eyed up her woolly hat, woolly gloves, and thick coat in envy. What the F is taking so long? Fiona asked. It's always late. Unless you're late. Then it's early, Natasha agreed. At approximately 8.13am, the double-decked 12A bus arrived, gleaming its glorious shade of lime green. Finally, Fiona said. Hallelujah. Natasha assisted Fiona with the loading of her suitcase into the side compartment before they boarded, bought their tickets, then climbed up to the second level. They managed to secure the best seats in the house, which were right at the front. That alone was a powerful omen that it would be an amazing weekend. The only shame so far was the weather. The huge, unobstructed windshield gave them an excellent view of the river of funneling rain. It was a typical May morning for Figley, but Natasha still held hopes that Burn would be sunnier. The bus remained static, until the rest of the people boarded, then it departed the depot. It was a long journey. Normally it took two and a half hours to get to Burn via bus, but it had the potential to be even longer, depending on the weather and traffic. As they came onto the motorway though, the weather remained crappy, but the traffic was minimal as the bus zoomed freely along the middle lane. Natasha dug into the side of her backpack for her book. When she brought it out, something else fodded to the floor. Surprised, she pawed the sticky ground, searching under the seat in front of her until she found it. After she lifted it up and saw what it was, she gave an exasperated groan. Uh, Nat? Fiona's eyes widened. What the hell is that? Ben's pocket knife. You're bringing a knife to our girl's weekend? Of course not. He probably heard one of my dad's lectures, then sneaked it into my bag to keep me safe. Oh my god, that is so adorable. I wish I had a little brother that cared about me that much. But if you had siblings, mummy and daddy wouldn't be able to buy you so many nice things. Hmm, good point. I do love to be the centre of attention. Don't we all? Natasha grinned, then turned her gaze to her novel. She thumbed through it. The book, The Bat, by Joe Nesbo, was given to her by a work colleague. Ryan, after he'd finished with it. It was a good read so far, like he'd guaranteed, but the constant road bumps were making it hard for her to properly immerse herself, so with a sigh, she gave it up for a lost cause and folded it closed. Noticing this, Fiona offered to share an earphone so that they could listen to music together. Natasha happily accepted. Her best friend had questionable taste in movies and men, but if there was one thing she knew well, it was music. Fiona had a record collection big enough to create her own store. She'd introduced Natasha to a host of amazing artists, including Grimes, Beach House, Laura Marling and Way's Blood. Today, she was listening to the Decemberists. Their indie folk sound melded beautifully with the falling rain outside. When they passed the tapas restaurant that famously marked the halfway point between Byrne and Figley, Fiona rifled into her canvas bag. From it, she produced several round objects wrapped in tinfoil. Care for a bap? She asked. It's not tuna and sweet corn, is it? Guess again. Then it can only be ham and cheese. Can't beat the classics. She set two tinfoil-covered baps down on her own lap, then another two on Natasha's. Natasha was in the middle of unwrapping a bap, getting flour all over her fingers in the process, when Fiona brought out a flask. The liquid sloshing about inside was presumably tea, because the only coffee Fiona could abide were the pumpkin spice lattes from Cafe Columbia. You really came prepared, Natasha said. Did you bring enough for the rest of the bus? I'll let you know when I get to the bottom of this bag. 
You know what my mum is like. Doesn't realise we're big girls yet. Basically, thinks we'll starve without supplies. Natasha had to laugh. If there was one thing Figley mums were famous for, it was preparing packed lunches for every occasion. My dad's sort of the same, Natasha said. Thinks I'm going to get myself into trouble by drinking too much. Doesn't realise you're already seasoned at this point. I tried to keep my earlier teenage antics on the down low. Fiona ate her bap with delicate bites. Maybe he's right to be worried. I don't like the sound of that. Do you have something crazy planned? Well, I don't know about you, but I plan on getting absolutely hammered tonight. I really want it to be a good night. Don't worry, it will be. There was pressure though for this night to live up to their expectations. It'd be the first time the three of them would be out together since Rebecca had left to study media at the University of Bern. For months and months, she'd been badgering Fiona and Natasha to pay her a visit as the nights out in Bern were apparently far superior to those of Figley. It had only taken a year for their schedules to align. There were many things on the day's agenda, but mostly it was based around getting things to eat. First, they would stop for what Rebecca claimed to be the best pancakes in the world. Then they'd follow that up with the best burrito in the world. Then, after shopping around the town centre, they'd go to the student village for pre-drinks and to get ready. The night would then be capped off with a visit to the new nightclub that had just opened up. Natasha knew very little about it, only that it was called Sapphire. 